0: Welcome to Think Like a Penguin, The Art of Flying. This is the podcast to help you think outside the box, live more confidently against the grain and become your more authentic self. Penguins don't traditionally fly, but what's to say they won't one day? Welcome back, everybody. I've got a very exciting guest who is currently sat on the floor with my cat, We are at home and apologies in advance for any dog noises, door banging, cars going past. It's just going to be an authentic from home experience. Emma Pass, thank you so much for coming into my humble abode. Um, You are an extraordinary person. You've accomplished a huge amount in the sporting world. And I'm going to let you introduce yourself and explain why you think
1: I might have asked you to be on the podcast Liv, thank you very much. First of all, I can confirm I am on the floor. I think um, there's something really authentic about being barefoot and making yourself comfy. If you can sit on the floor at someone's house, it means you've connected with them. So I love that. Um, Yeah, my name's Emma Pass. I am um, English, born and bred and and still at heart. And uh, I I guess we've connected through a number of reasons, which I think we'll get into a little bit later. Um, I've had a very interesting journey through life. Um, All great And very grateful for but um started off um you know the university years playing sport um i was a firefighter i played professional sport which brought me out here and then that life as a professional athlete um i retired from and and really trying to find my way in in the what next of world having something Mm -hmm. meaningful um struggling with the day-to-day challenges that everybody carries but nobody shows i think Mm -hmm. um and really just wanting to um I guess try and navigate and have an authentic, fulfilled life. Yeah. So I think we've probably connected on another number of levels there, but but many similarities in our Englishness and our journeys and, and I think some of the challenges day to day that we we mask over, we put yeah. a, we we perform through.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um I will start as well, thank you for that intro. It's all very formal, I'm sure we'll just forget <laughs> about the recording device and get chatting. But normally I do like a first five, I've got quite a structured um, system that I work through with the podcast episodes but because you're just such a wonderful person and a beautiful friend and I just resonate I'm just going to throw all that out the window we're just going to chat Do because it. um we're going to get more out of the conversation so the way I just was cast back my mind to how we first met is because you came in for a massage yeah, and yeah, then definitely. ridiculous serendipity coincidence yeah. freaky like what you actually knew my cousin yeah. who very sadly we are a strange now that's a whole other podcast on a private story but we don't have anything in contact but because of your accent and because you're tall and I was like oh I wonder if you play basketball maybe you told me my cousin was maybe still is a referee and you knew her which is so crazy on the other side of the planet but um yeah tell me a little bit about your basketball experience your playing experience because you went as high as you can go which is yeah Epic.
1: probably not quite but but yeah oh, you would um, say that because you're humble Wow, and... <laughs> well it's, I think it's a trait isn't it kind of yeah well, yeah definitely yeah a trait always to, to be awkwardly uncomfortable with it all um it was super accidental so I was the kid at school that was like I was the sporty kid you, yeah. you know did everything yeah yeah um, couldn't sit still but could sit still if someone said sit still or you won't play whatever at lunchtime yeah um and then secondary school did everything and um uh, there was a basketball club, uh, case in point, like, you know, it's like secondary school in the UK, basketball, it's one of those lunchtime clubs that you're like, yeah. oh, I'll have a go at. Um, I was terrible we at We didn't do it
0: because our school was a bit too posh, so we were netball. Well, we, <laughs> so, um, yeah, basketball wasn't even played.
1: I think so. basketball was a bit left field as well at the time. It's not like yeah. it was like super mainstream, but um, we, I, I went down to a basketball club and actually, full disclosure, I went because I fancied um, a boy called Gary Bamford and he oh went gosh. to a basketball club. And Gary,
0: was, if you're listening to this episode, well,
1: you're too late, mate. Hello, we'll circle back to that point <laughs> okay. in a minute. Um, I was awful. I was really, really bad. Um, but I really loved it. So I kept going, kept going. Gary never spoke to me. But accidentally just kind of kept going and, oh, you should join this team and this team. And
0: You can't have been that bad if people were offering team spots. and
1: You know what it's like. If you're sporty, you can adapt. Yeah, so I guess. That. But it was more like effort rather than finesse. Yeah. And kind of worked my way up to a couple of, you know, local club and, oh, there's some trials you should go to. And out of nowhere, kind of got plucked to play um, in Nottingham, which was quite a big basketball place. And then from that, it was England trials. And I actually didn't make my first lot of England trials. And the coach said to me, like, I was super raw. And the coach said to me, I can't I can't quite remember. um, But something along the lines of, you know, you won't play for your country, just not good enough. And I don't think I was even that bothered, but I was just really, really annoyed that he would say that to someone. Yeah. And I think I was about 16, so I thought I was worldly. Do you feel like not.
0: they say that knowing that it's going to either crush you or make you? Because I've had that so. in the past where people have sort of, in yeah, insinuate that I'm not quite made of it. And then later on, I'm like, you know, you said, and they're like, yeah, yeah, I said Probably that did. knowing full well that that yeah. would spur you on.
1: So. I think there's definitely an element of that and me being me it was just, just a bit stubborn so yeah, yeah. I kind of went yeah. full on and then I guess before I realised it at 18 I was playing for the senior um, England team and the senior Great Britain team and it, it kind of, it's really funny, I reflect now and I kind of think, I don't even know how I made those choices to go and play in different mm-hmm. places so I, I played for England and Great Britain and, and some big events and and then I um, went to university and had a scholarship at Loughborough Uni, which is which a pretty good sports uni for all our Australian fans. It's kind of like the AIS, but a yes. university. I
0: almost went there, actually, um, to do exercise sports science. Yes, yeah, that's what I did. And then two weeks before I was supposed to do that, I had a place and everything, I yeah. got the grades. I freaked out and I changed and did an art degree.
1: Yeah.
0: And then I ended up playing rugby at uni. Yeah. Yeah. Um, at UIC, which UIC yes. was a massive basketball. You might know Steph Collins. I know Steph. Steph yeah, yeah, so. I know Steph. Oh, that's so weird. So we're talking about a whole other country on the other side of the world, yes. but our lives already had Super kind parallel. of weirdly paralleled yeah. them. Um, Steph was a great mate of mine at, at yeah. uni, but I ended up playing rugby for UIC and playing at Twickenham and, yeah. and almost getting into the, the Sevens Olympic kind of child yeah. pathway, yeah. pathway um, purely because also back to swing back to your first um point I fancied the coach that was the only reason I started playing rugby because so Things we do. yeah I put my body through hell yeah. for five years like getting tackled yes. ice bars in pain always injured it's so mad
1: yeah um and yeah similarly to you that that university life sport really consumed it um yeah. and without realizing it now Without realizing, then you know just the lifestyle, and the pressures, and the things you're supposed to do at uni. I, I'm not a a drinker. Yeah, you um, and me both. I You know, I might have a glass of bubbles to celebrate something here and there, but I'm, I'm, I would never go to the pub for a drink. I go to the pub for a water or a cup of tea. But yeah, um, and, and uni, uni was great. I thought, and then. But also now I reflect and I'm like, oh, I'm not really sure how much I did love uni or the elements of it. But
0: I suspect you were probably extremely busy. You had a degree, but also if if your basketball playing was anything like my rugby yeah. playing, that almost was a secondary degree on its own, like a, a secondary commitment. Yeah. I remember the coach for ba- uh, sorry, rugby saying, girls, you're here to play rugby and represent the university. Your degree comes second. Yeah. You're expected to train 22 hours a week. And then we have two games. If yeah. you have a problem with that, don't be in the squad and it's like oh shit okay there is no partying there's no I mean many of the players had a lot of time for everything I don't know how they studied but um yeah I I suspect I don't know for you was it like a whirlwind by the time you finish you're like oh my god that's wow that's gone so fast so so structured so busy yeah
1: so full on so I had university so i was playing for loughborough but i was on a scholarship as well and then i was also playing national league for nottingham as well wow so we were training you know yeah two three times a day but yeah but I, I loved uni but i came out of it like what am what am i what am i going to do so i joined the fire brigade because it allowed me to play basketball um yeah. you know four days on four days off and I
0: because loved i'm assuming here that basketball as a professional didn't exist or you got maybe like a, a little token
1: you just to got looked after you know yeah. whatever you paid out. free so. socks and a yeah. bit of kit so much and a meal <laughs> kit um but we but we traveled a lot with England and stuff so you you know there was almost no time for anything else so yeah I joined the fire brigade and I never even dreamt of playing professional sport and then one day I got a I'd been abroad to play in an international tournament somewhere as we went regularly and I got a phone call from um uh, a coach here in Perth saying we um somebody saw you play, we'd like you to come out here and play and I was like, oh but what do you mean? I, I can't that look afford like? that. Yeah, and they were yeah. like, no, this is professional, we'll play, we'll pay for you. He said, um, put me in touch with your agent and I was like, okay, yeah, sure. And you're I like, I don't have an agent, what Google. does that mean?
0: What does an agent mean? Yeah. Wow. Agent. Yeah, my so, goodness. So, so do, did you have any concept that there was professional opportunities outside of America I assume that's that's you can play professionally in America I even I know that
1: but is that it's just not something I ever really thought about or thought I wanted yeah and I just kind of I like so many things that I feel like I've passed I've gone down I just kind of ended up doing it oh my god Um, em I can totally relate like it's not that I didn't choose Actively didn't choose, I, I chose to, but I feel like it was more I just didn't choose not to. Yeah. Um, and I got an agent and I played here in Australia and then I played all over Europe. And I basically went Australia, Europe, Australia, Europe, Australia, Europe for about eight or nine years. Wow. And then I was, while well, still playing for England and Great Britain. And then I, and then I, so I was, as a was
0: lifestyle. lifestyle, that's obviously not that common. And I'm sure no, that I there's, so. anyone that's listening would be like, Quite interested. I am. I've yeah. never been a professional, but what does that feel like? What does the is it? Do you do you love the kind of routine? Do you love the extreme change, the constant travel? Do you do you thrive off that? Give yeah. me a sense of what so that feels I did, like.
1: And I loved it. Yeah, I don't know, which is why I I'm reflecting on on some of the choices I made or or some of the so. You're so you're in a bubble. You're so caught up in a bubble, but you are so focused. You are focused day to day, so every day. What time's training? What are we doing at training? The game is on. The game is in six days' time. So what are we doing game on five days out, four days out, three days yeah. out? And it's so I I do thrive on the regiment. Yeah. I, I I did and I loved it. And everything is task or goal oriented. Yeah. So you don't realize it, but every day you're. I've got to achieve this today. I've got to do this. I've got to score this many points in Mm -hmm. practice. I've got to lift this amount of weight. So Mm -hmm. it's very, very structured. There's
0: a purpose to everything, isn't there? Because I struggle, and I'm sure we'll get into this more now, but I struggle so much with post recovery. So my life when I was through school, really dictatory, kind of old school Victorian style. Yeah. Had extra tuition with being dyslexic. Everything was boom, 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 boom. Very structured routine. Then I went into hospital for two years, yeah. and then probably five to ten years after that, it was you must eat this, you must do this little amount of exercise, yeah. you must do, and everything was centered around the goal of keeping you healthy and keeping yeah. me alive and keeping me happy and staying these parameters. Yeah, now I yeah. I've arrived. At This point that I, my goal, that was my goal, and it's like, what the fuck do I do now? I just have to live with no real purpose or point, and it's so
1: challenging. It's such a, excuse my language. Oh, you can head for it. Really is. I think so. I loved that structure of being an athlete, and I loved the bubble of it. And then, well, you
0: either get it right, or you don't, or you don't. And then, if you don't get it right, well, then you just get it right the next day.
1: Yeah. Or you beat yourself up so much that you just have no other option. And I didn't realise that I was probably living beating myself up constantly. Because it's a real ebb and flow. You're either the superstar or you're not mm. playing team sport. And especially if you're a professional, you either won the game or you didn't and no one's talking yeah. about you. So, you're so almost... you
0: thrived on <sighs> external validation. Yeah. And even though that's kind of toxic, and I'm sure we both recognise that post- like I still struggle with, and a lot of friends and family just don't get this. They don't understand that there's a need for, not a praise. It's not like stroking the ego. Yeah. It's just, uh, just acknowledgement that you've done the right thing. Yeah, that tick. So making a decision is that challenging at the moment. So for...
1: it's so funny that you bring that up. As an athlete, I was so secure, so self sure, so yeah. self aware. In my job that I'm in now in my day job I'm pretty I, I sometimes leave and I'm like how have I got away with that today because mm-hmm. I've come off as this yeah you you manage a, a foundation you're doing amazing I get in the car I get home and I'm just like I can't make a decision I'm not sure I'm sec- I second guess everything I do yeah and it's re- it's really funny because as an athlete you even if you're not an ego driven athlete which I really wasn't you still seek validation. You still want the how many points? Yeah, you scored this many points. Good, good job. Hey, you got to do better. Now, I can't take a compliment. But it's
0: not about I don't think bigging you up or or validating your self esteem. It's more about just checking that you are adhering to the goal, and 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 it gives purpose to your everyday. So it's a coach saying you need to do this better, or we need to tweak this, or you need to lift heavier, or you need to actually pull back on your training, or whatever as humans we just want to make sure that we're really doing the right thing to fit in yeah. to be to be, valued. to be valued to be part of a tribe to be a functional member of society exactly. and when you don't have that kind of structure yeah. it's like when people come out of prison they keep themselves locked in a yeah. in their bathroom sometimes because it's too daunting to have the freedom of choice yeah. without being dictated to or it's part it's It's totally
1: (laughs) but it's totally that because you're also you've got to remember as well and you would have been the same given the age that you were in your in our university journey you go you go you get involved in whatever it is that you get involved in when you're young right so Mm -hmm. from 16 I had other people making decisions for me not in a weird Stockholm syndrome. Capture, capture kind of way. Yeah, yeah. But my coaches, I was led by my coaches, my team managers, my my peers. Right the way through until probably 30-something, you're always going on someone else's, like, oh, well, the coach says this, oh, the bus is leaving here. And I'm not the same person as none of us are. I'm not the same person now that I was when I was 16. And I'm also not the same person that I was when I was 25. Mm-hmm. So you've almost gone through all of your formative years Being instructed by someone external. Yeah. Which is really, which when you think about it, is actually really messed up. Yeah. It's not because that's what they're there for. They're there to lead and guide you. And and generally, I've had really good people around me. But when you then step into a world that is you and about yours, you kind of go, should I I go here now? Oh, wait, I've got no one to say, yeah, you should go here now. I've got to just trust. And I'm Um, almost... And you're the
0: first adult who I've heard say that who is echoing exactly I'm just gonna full disclosure here I had a therapy session this morning and I said the the same things I said I just wish there was a handbook for how to live life because I don't trust in my own decision making because how do I know that it's the right one because someone isn't telling me yeah you're doing the right job or it's like I wonder how many other people struggle with this because we're very highly functional people, like we're successful in our own highly right. We, yeah. when we can apply ourselves, we yeah. know that we can get shit done. It's just, how do we break away from that? Trusting in our own decision that it's the right one to make. Uh,
1: I, I don't know the answer. <laughs> I wish I knew. The answer. No, and I don't. And I've actually <laughs> recently um, started seeing a counsellor because mm. um, I was so lucky. Uh, I got to go home in July and spend Same. time with my people. I've got friends here but I haven't got friends here yeah and I got to go home and my they filled my cup up and when I got back here as I'm sure you do you get back and you're depressed yeah. I use that word lightly but you get back and, and for your first week or two you just I don't want to be here in a bad mood I know this place is the best place in the world but I don't want to be here yeah so, I want to
0: talk about that actually it's a beautiful segue because obviously you're British from yeah. the north of England I'm from the Midlands in the middle of the UK but well,
1: we're not that far you're Worcester right I'm Worcester yeah. I'm at the bottom of Derbyshire
0: true you actually so, my sister lives quite near but we sound bad. quite different we do. but anyway yeah. that's just England for you um in terms of the I felt for the first time ever because I, I also went back in July and had a month and again felt like oh my god this is what has been missing connection with my family yeah. connection with my culture connection with myself because yeah. it's so challenging and people that were born in Perth won't understand this anyone that's born somewhere else and comes here a little piece of them or a massive piece of them is still where their place of origin was and I you asked me before we started recording are you set yeah are you happy here and I've actually made the decision I'm going to spend three months of the year in the UK yeah. over their summer because I am lost brilliant. I feel so yeah and there's this like poms in Perth Facebook group whatever no disrespect but I don't get that they're the, the similar kind of vibe, but maybe a bit shabby. So what, no,
1: no, <laughs> what you've got to remember, right? And I was thinking about this when you messed text earlier about some talking points and something that I've tried to explain to my, my partner. I am very lucky, well, I say lucky. And unlucky, because it's the price you pay for having two homes, right? Mm. Um, Like, I don't have anybody here. Mm -hmm. Um, I I have a fiancé, and he's from here. We should really hang out more. We should hang out more. But we're both too busy. We should. We We should should. make time for, like, let's go for a bike ride or a walk or whatever.
0: Well, last time we nearly got swept down the river. We didn't (laughs) die. We did. Yeah. We did um, Sorry. um, Stand up paddle
1: body. It was was good fun, though. It It was. was good I slept well down there.
0: Yeah, well done.
1: Um, So... My fiancé is from here. His family are here born Oh, in my gosh. Did I know this? No, but I also haven't really told many no. people. No. Congratulations. Thank you. It was about two years ago, and I'm a bit like okay, sure. know, COVID happened, and I'm and also And you guys rather. have been together,
0: like, over ten years yeah, or something. Just, bless you, Ozzy.
1: Bless you, Aussie. Um, I love him to death, but if he can't confirm that if the need be that I have to go home and want to go home, then he'll come with me, then it's not going to work. Mm. And that doesn't mean that, like, we're not enjoying our life together, but... The way I, I I constantly, I love it here, but I also don't hate where I'm from in England. And I came here for an opportunity to play and I ended up staying. But I love home and I've got, um, I have friends here. And you still call
0: England home over this? I call both of them home. Yeah.
1: And I'm always going to want to be where I'm not, right? True. That's that's the exhausting battle. But the one thing I will never have here, and that's okay, because I'm grateful for everything I have. I will never have those groups of friends that everyone's got, you and I will never have school. our schoolmates no. here. We will never have our uni mates here. Yeah. We'll never have our family cousin mates here. Yeah. Because we'll never have that here. We'll
0: never have, and I hope your parents are still alive, I think they are, yeah. But yeah,
1: yeah, um, yeah.
0: But... I'll never have my mum just down the road when I'm never. desperate for a hug. Never. Um, yeah, I'll never have the little we'll never have subtle nuances of culture as yeah. well, which you can kind of thrive off. I listen to a lot of English podcasts and yeah. I listen to English radio and just... Like hearing the banter and the jokes, yeah. and it, it just feels like a little slice of home. But it does. Yeah, yeah, I'll never have.
1: It's, you're right, and it's, it's a tricky lonely. one because I, I've got, I've got, I've got a couple of. So I had this moment, um, and the reason I'm sort of seeing a cancer is because I get up every day. I'm still motivated. I'm really happy, but also another part of me is completely lost, and I realize I've been performing for the last five or six years because, mm. well. I'm a high performer, so people will expect me to function and do this. So I just yeah. perform. So, But what I've realised is I'm searching for something here that I'm never going to find. Uh, people here are lovely. And I'm not... People here really are lovely. But I've also found it really isolating here in terms of clickiness. I'm sure it's probably the same back home. It's just I've got... From, friend groups at home but because I came here and you came here at a certain age there's a certain group of people that don't want any new friends they don't want you to come into their group and I've found that but also you
0: can't you can't it's not a a competition but you can't slide in to a group social connection when they've known each other for 20 years
1: (gasps) do you remember when no I don't and I'm never going to remember yeah yeah it's
0: very it's it's very confronting and challenging and yeah I um I guess I haven't really thought of it like that but I I jokingly um which is not a joke at all it it breaks my heart but I think about if I was to get married here yeah then my kind of social side like if we were to conventional church and pews on either side I would probably fill the front row and my partner would fill the whole of the rest of the church not that we'd have any church I'm not religious but
1: like who would I have? We're having that exact conversation now. Yeah. First of all, I'm not really fussed about a wedding because it's not no. my, you know, it's not. Yeah, it's not. But the thought of it and I'm like, oh, we could have this and this. And I'm like, I don't, I'm not going to have anybody. Like, it's cool. I'm not yeah. I'm not upset about it. But the reality is, why? Because of my family, mum and dad might be able to come. Yeah. But my friends and then, okay, we'll get married in the UK. Cool. So who, who of your family are coming? Like, they're all the little things that you have to sacrifice and realise that there'll be some elements that you will... Um, do you know what I was just starting to watch the film The Holiday because it's New Christmas I love oh, that yeah, film The Holiday yeah. and there's a little bit of it where um, Kate Winslet says something like the realisation that you will never be completely whole it will always be a little bit of you that's broken yeah. and, you, and the way I look at it is wherever I am now even if Grant and I broke up and I went back home there'll always be a little bit that's broken that I miss from here or yeah. vice
0: versa I, I spoke about this with my therapist in that um, there's an element of almost having to accept that you're never going to be completely content because it's Absolutely. not that there's two, I don't think I've got bipolar disorder or like personality disorder, or whatever. I don't think there's two versions of yeah. me inside of myself. Super happy
1: functioning but also yeah. Really
0: but it's, there's always, it, yeah. there's a part of me that kind of wants the other option or would like it a bit different or yeah. i make a decision. And it's like, yeah, but I don't hundred percent always want that decision all the yeah. time. There's, there's 40% of the time where I want the absolute opposite decision. Yeah. Like, I want to be here, but I want to be there as well and it's it's settling with the really envy people that can make a decision and be confident and just know that that's what and I think that stems and comes back to reality oh sorry identity, yeah, and we probably are still trying to figure out our identity we are, yeah. i i I'm put my hand up I don't really know who I am, and I've been very much like you said doing what I think people
1: do in life yeah, so what people doing what you think people expect you to do
0: a bit of both yeah. so I, I do what I think people expect from me but also I I feel a bit embarrassed to admit to this and I've never told anyone but I wrote a list when I first arrived in Australia of what I perceived success look like yeah. one self-publishing your own book so I self-published my own book two buying a house so I bought a house it's yeah. like I'm just doing these things because I'm trying to live a conventional life yeah. that is... But I don't know if that's me. Like, I, it's so hard because I'm still finding out
1: what on earth are we supposed to do yeah. with our... How many years we've got left? So something that I've... I'm trying to get my head around. So I... I when I finished playing, I went straight into the real world. Mm-hmm. And I did what I thought the real world was supposed to do mm-hmm. five or so years on now, I'm kind of going, Hang on, I didn't really deal with the trauma of not being a that's when we athlete, met right? as well. Yeah, actually. It was.
0: just as you're coming yeah. out of your career, you were at this point of oh my god. So,
1: I've been Emma past the athlete, I'm not Emma past the athlete anymore, but I also don't know how to not be. So, I still exercise twice a day mostly. Not, I'm getting better with it because I just don't know how to turn off or what else am I supposed to do. Yeah, I still perform well. I've had a board meeting this morning where I spoke to um, some very big wigs and I come out of it and I'm like, how the hell did I just orchestrate yeah. that because it's the performer? But then I sit at home and there are times when... And there there are definitely times where I sit at home, full disclosure, I don't have any, any really negative thoughts about myself in, in, in a harmful way. But there's times where I sit at home and I'm almost embarrassed of the person I am because I don't know who I am or what I'm mm-hmm. doing because I've had such a focus. No one ever... No one ever talked to me about when this focus is over or where to go next. And I think it's it's and I it's just so it's really hard mm. because then you you question everything rather than trusting yourself. And when you've had a purpose for so long, so I was a firefighter and I was a professional athlete, right? They're two pretty exciting roles. Mm. So a bit of me is a bit like mm, what next for the next half many years? Ugh, how boring. Yeah.
0: You know? I guess there's looking at I mean it's so cliche but the purpose of life is to be happy or to give love or to spread or leave a legacy I don't quite know how to answer that and I guess that's however you feel in any given time you will you'll tweak the narrative to fit what you think best suits so you'll go oh my purpose this year is just about finding eternal happiness or my purpose is to feel fulfilled or my purpose. like I don't think we have the understanding, cognitive understanding of ourselves, to be able to label what the purpose of a human life is. So I think trying to trying to tick that box but, is almost setting ourselves up to failure. But
1: we are constantly trying to tick that box, right? Yeah,
0: because we're just trying to find contentment. Yeah, and and we're trying to understand our place in the world, which. Oh, for people who do that, like you and I, it is agonizing. It's I envy exhausting. people that just get up and they're happy to go to work and then come home and watch the soaps and like genuinely you know, content. So,
1: I've had I've had this chat with with um, with friends before and also with with Grant. He gets very he, he's we're opposites, right? He's super chill, hang out, low key, easy breezy, whatever. i so what are we doing next? We've got what yeah. what's the next goal to achieve, right? And his family, my, my family working. Class background. But my dad started his own welding business. So it's always been that achievement. Mum's a teacher. His family are beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. The difference, however, is postcode syndrome. You're his family right. have never moved out of her postcode. Right? I've got friends, beautiful friend of mine, never moved out of her postcode. She's never been happier. Because she doesn't know any different. Yeah. Right? She lives down the road from my mum and dad. She has chicken and chips, vanilla. Mm. she goes to watch this at the weekend and she looks after her nieces and nephews and she doesn't know any difference so she's so content in her world yeah. in some ways and a little similar to grand at times now I've, not i've opened his eyes but we've i've encouraged him with opportunity and then there's the opposite right oh i think i'm going to go to australia and stay there for a few years mm-hmm. case in point with you yes. you've seen the opportunity so once you've seen it it's almost you can't unsee it, you can't, you can't see what's more, yeah. you can't unsee what's more, so you want, you want that more,
0: yeah,
1: and that's exhausting, because there's times where I wish I could get up, go to work at Sainsbury's from 8 till 2, Sainsbury's. do
0: Sainsbury's. why Sainsbury's, just Sainsbury's, that's the food shop by the way, if
1: the, nobody knows what Sainsbury's that's like the wall with it, but that's, you know, I think that's so you can secretly like eat Chris in the aisle, a <laughs> little bit, a little bit, but, like, you know, have that job that is just safe and comforting, that life that's safe and comforting. Go home and know no different. And I envy that mm. at times. But then I've seen what the world has to offer. Yep. And I feel guilty if I don't chase down every opportunity, even though I still have no idea what I'm doing. Yeah. So it's... One thing it's that so I,
0: I absolutely realised was my whole life post-anorexia, my whole life post-university, post-playing... Um, high level rugby and lacrosse whatever was I was running away from myself I was constantly trying to get as far away from the most traumatic painful memories that I had around 15 16 years of age and everything I was doing was how how can I distract myself from that unresolved trauma and then I arrived in Australia probably it was a running away initially and then I arrived and then something shifted after a few months I was like I wanna to run towards my future. I'm had I'm so tired of running away, like yeah. being chased by the trauma of my past. And for the first time ever, I was like, I'm gonna to run towards. I'm still running, but I'm gonna to run towards. Yeah. And just that healthy kind of shift of perspective then made me settle down, make roots. Because I had no plan of staying here. I came here on a holiday for two weeks. I went yeah. up to the Kimberley, I went to Wyndham. Two week holiday, I had a flight return, but um to the uk i just never got on my return flight
1: so when did you when do you feel like when and maybe how because mm. i would love to know mm. do you feel like you took that really heavy ball and chain and label of anorexia off because there must have been something or a point conscious or unconscious where you were running away from that something clicked and you decided to run yeah. towards too
0: i don't think it was one specific moment in time but it was after years of punishing myself yeah. I was severely depressed. I was on on medication and suicidal and blah blah, blah for many 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 years. Post anorexia actually there was more emotion and pain post anorexia. And I do remember there was many little little moments where I'm just like I'm done hurting myself. Mm. I am so done just beating myself up whether that's through over exercise, whether it's starvation, whether it's through physical self harm and I don't know why, but I invested in this weekend course. It was called Life Design or something. It was just like a try and love yourself kind Mm. of thing. And then off the back of that, obviously, there's always an upsell. There's a whole week-long course in Sydney. This is 10 years ago now, almost to the day, actually. And it was 5 a.m. till 9 at night for a whole week of financial advice, relationship advice, self-awareness advice like every kind of life skill that you could need it cost me an arm and a leg but through that I think that was pivotal in going you know what fuck it I'm done with hurting myself like I've suffered enough through my own hands and it's time to start loving myself
1: and I think it comes back to that isn't it like that self self self-love so I think I reckon I'm I reckon I've just arrived at that point. Yeah. Because when I got back from the UK, I was really a bit down and upset and I remember saying to Grant we were going somewhere and I said, Well, there's no point me going anyway. No one ever talks to me. Oh I he was um... like, What are you talking about? And I had a bit of a meltdown and I was like, No one likes me, Grant. No one ever texts me. I'm always the one texting people. Yes, I feel the same. You know, always and, I, reaching out. and I was kinda of like, I don't even know why people like me anyway. And I don't Grant was like, Where is this coming from? He was he was like, Why do you why are you so Unconfident. Look at what you've done. Mm. Um, you know, you've just got a job as an English girl at an AFL club. That's yeah. like a big deal. And, I, and, I, and again, I was like, oh, but they, they're going to find out that I can't do it. And I'm like, blah blah blah. And he was like, what? Massive <laughs> imposter syndrome. Yeah, he was like, what are yeah. you doing? And I was like, and I got really upset. And I just said, I'm just, I'm lost, Grant. I've been performing for the last five or six years. I've just been performing. I'm doing what everyone wants. And he was just like, I can't help you. He's like, you need to seek some help. Yeah. And. So I started seeing a counsellor, which it, the first so disappointed with the first session. I was like, "Where's the where's oh, the couch?" I think you know. Yeah. But it's been really good, and it's it's come out of a couple four instances of things that have happened to me that I never dealt with or I've buried, but have actually been knock on effect. Why am I so self doubt myself and self things? Mm-hmm. And all it really comes back to, which I'm working on now, is forgiveness and forgiving myself. Even though three or four of these things. Were done to me, or situations mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. impacted me, not the other way around. Just gotta forgive myself about like hanging on to it and yeah. allowing myself to go so far down the rabbit hole. And it comes back to I think that like you know self self love, uh, self what's the word like um,
0: self validation, yeah, self acceptance,
1: just, just just kindness, yeah, being being compassion, self compassion, yeah. like turning off and. The- I have in my head like I'm I'm horrible to myself in my head. Mm-hmm. I'll be out running. You and and me I'll both, be like, Yeah. I'll be I'll be like oh, I'll just oh, I won't I'll just walk the last k in my head. Don't you fucking dare stop you. Yeah. Lazy you quitter. Yeah. Oh my god! Why am I saying this to myself? So yeah. now the narrative is yeah. Well, you already ran for half an hour, so just walk like yeah. it's
0: cool. What do what you? And that's you've hit on two things there. There is a what? reason why we are like that, and we are so self-berating and talk to ourselves so horribly is because that's how we as when we were in our formative years how we were encouraged so at school and at, um not home with my parents but my broader family
1: yeah
0: it was criticized to get a good result put down yeah. to make positive change see the the failures, to make
1: improvements know your place and stay in your place yes yeah children
0: are to be seen yeah. and not heard so don't
1: overachieve but don't overachieve yeah we don't want to shout that out. yeah but it yeah. was
0: it's whether it's a british thing or just a family thing or a cultural thing in the school but as i've had to unlearn a program like a computer program yeah. of how i seek motivation or how i seek yeah um kind of a guide for life of of a a playbook of how yeah. to do life yeah. because as a kid into my adolescence it was always find the fault in order to be better yeah. not wow you've tried really hard and look at yeah. let's just focus on what you have done and let's ignore the problems are
1: you someone that celebrates things no so so <laughs> And i bring that point because... I missed said, my
0: second point now, but yeah, let's oh, continue. Sorry, no, no, sorry. no, 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 I've forgotten it, I've forgotten it. So
1: there's something that I've realised as well from... Um, and you get this being high-functioning with anything, whether it's as an athlete or whether it's um, as an artist, as a writer, as a musician, anything, a surgeon. There's always another goal. Yeah. So you don't celebrate the victories on the way because even though you did this and you made this team and it's amazing and you just went to the... World chance, yeah, but that goal's there. Mm. And I've realised that I've never celebrated anything, all right? to the point of 18th, 21st, 30th birthday, getting engaged and celebrate them because there's always something else, or what next?
0: I didn't go to my graduation because I was embarrassed that it was an art degree and not a proper degree. How yeah up is that, right? I didn't. I haven't celebrated any of my birthdays but that's yeah. a whole other story it's because I was worried about no one would show up so that I'd be lonely I'd rather not put a party
1: on I'm the same and then if I don't put a party on no, no one can I can't not come it. Yeah. yeah I'm a bit the same but
0: it's okay we need to we need to because what I, I try to do is in the podcast obviously highlight the areas of interest and and um challenge and then Let's try and figure out some solutions. So I suspect we need to keep each other accountable. The problem is we both, I know this about you because you're so similar to me, struggle so much with praise. Like, I find it almost patronising. And also, if something comes easy, like, painting for me is just a doddle. Like, it's such such a breeze. Like, I I just don't have to try at it. Therefore, how can I celebrate it if I don't have to try? Yeah. You know?
1: But uh, but but I think that's, and, and while we try to stay on track with the solving things, that's, I think, something society-wise that we don't do. We don't... Act, so so people said to me, oh, my God, that's amazing. You play professional sport. I couldn't do that. Yeah, well, I couldn't sit at a desk for nine hours. Mm-hmm. So I'm blown away by what you can do as much as you're blown away by what I can do. I'm, I just run around a lot, you know, like practice hard, but I run around a lot. You teach kids. Oh, I'm only a teacher. We've we've got so, I
0: feel like... So true. And we've forgotten that... We need to be a bit more American and actually just yeah. like... Oh, my God. Own how amazing we yeah. are. I'm so incredible. Because like They just have no shame no. In, in owning how good they are. They believe
1: it too. Oh, 100%. But I wonder as well if we've also... And, and this is God. We could go for days on the whole like social media world and stuff. And everyone putting out their highlight real rather than their real real. But everything is so glamorizing in your face and I mean or made artificial and fake that you doing one painting to you is oh my God I've only done one painting. Did you see what that person put on there and there and there? Yeah, but Oh that's, my God. Um, that's... we are
0: literally sat next to a paper bag. I'm just going to explain the scene. So yeah. Ozzy's having a I don't know what hey, he's Alf. doing. Um there's a paper bag here and there's an Anya Brock sketch in there. And I bought that on the weekend. She had a sellout show, like sold probably about $50,000 worth of paintings. I have been so envious to the point of seething in anger that that woman who's incredibly talented and absolutely deserves all the success that she's created for herself. But I look at her and think, in my head, there's this narrative of, well, you're fucking useless. What the fuck have you done? You're you're a failure. How yeah. can I, like You haven't, done that, you haven't done that. So I bought this painting, which I, it disturbs me to look at because it's of a woman that is bold, like no hair, and I don't actually like it. Yeah, But I've, I'm going to stick it up as a sort of punishment to myself to be like, do better. Use this as an example of you need to strive. So it's hard to know what's a positive kind of motivator and what's just like... Livy, give yourself a break. Okay, but Chill out. Do you know what you
1: don't see, right, on um, Carrington Street? Just oh, I <laughs> I run past that most days, and I run past it, and I've been running past it for two years, and it's normally dark in the morning. And I'm a bit like, that looks a bit like some live stuff that I see in the physio or that I see somewhere else or whatever. Oh, and then I'm like, that is not me. That's live. <laughs> But, but what you don't realise, and what we all, and anybody listening, anybody listening to this podcast, everybody listening to this podcast, is what you look up to someone for. Someone's looking up to you for. Mm. And I find that, oh, so pathetic to say out loud, because I hate that I would think that someone looks up to me, but you just, I think we've all got so busy in life that we forgot to say, we, we forgot to be like, oh my god, I did that, that was pretty good. You don't just scream it from the... Yeah. But, like... I go places and see your art and I'm like, I know like I know her. Oh my god, I, I know her. Yeah. You you do that to Anya Brock, right? When you see her murals on the side of Utah yeah. and Lincoln or whatever. Mm-hmm. There's someone somewhere that looks at you that same way and you're like, Well, your shit, you haven't sold fifty grams worth of painting. You you just told me that you commis- someone's commissioned you to do three pieces, right? Mm. No one's ever commissioned me to do any pieces. Yeah. So
0: Yeah. I think also what what you're, I agree with what you're saying, like we need to kind of own what we've achieved, but also one thing that rung true there is I'm starting very, very mildly, but realising that it's not all about achievements. Sometimes life is purely about having fun, and I I would put money on the fact that Anya Brock, if we're doing that comparison, which we shouldn't compare, but I do, I'm human, probably on the weekend didn't play tennis didn't do a surf didn't do a skate and didn't play cricket and hang out with friends and go to an awards night and go to pride and how cool is that that yes. I get to do all of those things in just two days in two days and do a bit of painting because I had to but like my life my weekend those two days were so fulfilled yeah and Yes, yeah, she might have sold 50K, but is she as happy? And sometimes the point isn't about trying to achieve and succeed, it's about just enjoying. And maybe that's as simple as it needs to be. And we need to get used, used to and better at just doing things for doing
1: things' sake. 100%. But it's also the hardest thing, isn't it? Because, it's so hard. Because you sit there and you go, well, that was simple. Yeah. God, but I'm there.
0: shit at surfing, but I had the, the, the biggest time. smile on my face. Yeah. Went to scarves. I was so crap. At one point last week, so we do it every Sunday, I. Um, my last wave got, like, kind of pushed down on my chin into the, the ocean bed, a bit flustered, yeah. like, so some yeah. water was all a bit, like... <gasps> drowning. I wasn't drowning. But my friend came in, like, baywatch style took a rope off her board, like, ran in. You're right, I'm coughing. I stood up, and it was literally at my shins, <laughs> the water. But it was the funniest yeah. moment. And we had a blast, because I'm just... And that's what life, I think, is about. We forget that it it shouldn't always. Of course, we need to set goals to feel motivated and to feel accomplished. But sometimes it's about looking back on a week and going, without a goal, where are the five times that this week I've just had a smile on my face? Or I've gifted love. Or I've made someone else smile. Or I've, like, my cat is in absolute heaven right now in love with you. He's never reacted like this with anyone. And I will remember this and think, how lovely that... Nothing, you know, we're doing a podcast, but the achievement here is that my cat's just so in heaven with you stroking him. But you know when
1: you say, like, you know, we should set goals, but maybe that's the goal. The goal is to, like, it sounds really wanky. It sounds really wanky, right? Mm. Oh, the goal should be happiness, blah, blah, blah. Oh, sorry. Like, that's okay. I'm sorry. Did I stop? I'm sorry. Um, But, like, I think we're programmed to achieve, and what doesn't look good is doing nothing right Mm. but at some point doing nothing is the most fulfilling thing in the world right or doing i say doing nothing doing nothing that would grab a headline right yeah eating sand getting tossed off your board is not going to grab a headline right but you have that memory and that absolute hilarity somebody said to me i can't remember who it was i want to say it was a relative i don't think it was i think i probably read it somewhere it would be cool if it was um on their, on their deathbed, nobody ever said, I wish I didn't do that trip or have that experience. Yeah. no one's, Or have that piece of cake, which I can too. But no one's on their deathbed going to say that. Oh, I'm glad I worked so hard. Like, what I'm trying to wrestle with at the minute, and this won't be the same for everybody, and there are different markers of success. The reality is you need money to survive. Mm-hmm. So you need a roof over your head. You need food, healthcare, or at least to be able to afford, right? I'm okay there. Mm -hmm. right I'm okay there and even if I change my life's course I'll be all right yeah like I'll have a roof over my head Mm -hmm. I've got skills that I can I have the ability first of all physically and cognitively to work which I'm grateful for Mm -hmm. so if they're ticked off why are we trying to just constantly chase the sun or step up on each other when you were just saying earlier you know a personal relationship of yours work workaholic work 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 work. where's the joy what joy Mm -hmm. comes from from that about chasing the next dream. Whereas what joy actually comes from you hopping on your bike and cycling around the river loop for 7K. Yeah. So much joy. Did you achieve anything? Did it make you any money? No, but what did it do? It well, when I
0: went, so I just went just before you arrived, and there was this old lady who was struggling over the verge, obviously jumped or helped her. And that like, how are you, lola and she said thank you and like put a little just a little smile, just a little crease in the corner, but god it it filled yeah. me up because i thought i didn't know i just made the assumption i might have been the first person she's spoken to today yeah and i might have just for that minute that i was with her made her day a better place just
1: made her feel connected and
0: plus I all like the swans and just nature and just yeah. out and so they're the moments that we need to kind of feel comfortable with with inviting into our lives. Yeah. And we don't get those moments when we're cramming and when we're running away from ourselves or too busy. And one thing my mum said, which mum has said amazingly like poignant, standout things throughout my whole life. And she's definitely one reason I got over anorexia. One thing she said in relation to that was, imagine if you put all the determination, effort, struggle commitment dedication to beating yourself up and starving yourself imagine if you put all that energy because it's there it's in you imagine if you just put that to something positive yeah just imagine what you could achieve and so that was life-changing literally life-changing but one thing she also said because i have grappled with this sense of failure and not feeling enough and what's my purpose and she said sweetheart what do you think most people in the world want out of life i was like i don't know just like to feel financially secure, to be happy the life. She yeah. said, "On paper, you are one of the most envy have one of the most enviable lifestyles of anyone I know. You get to wake up when you want. You are your own boss. Yeah. You get to live where you want. You get to go and do whatever you want with your time. You have a beautiful friend. You live in one yeah. of the nicest places in the world. And I'm like, oh shit. Oh yeah. Yeah. But it and I've fit in
1: a conventional box. So you question yeah. It.
0: But I. Yeah. She's like, you've made that. Not only do you need to to recognize that that's a huge achievement, but also, what more do you want?
1: Like you, you are so. Do you think? Do you think you find it hard as well because you have that? And I like, think it's so comfortable. Oh it's God, uncomfortable. I'm only, however old, I, sh- I shouldn't have this yet. No, like, do you,
0: do not you? that. I definitely have more of a because I felt most alive when life was trauma filled. Yeah, and I felt most alive actually when there was. Drama and chaos, negative drama and chaos. I struggle with feeling alive when it's cruisy, when it's easy, when it's calm, when it's just flowing. Like, I I don't want to invite chaos into my life, but at the same time, I just feel a bit, nah, bit beige. bit bit beige. And my therapist this morning said, well, set yourself a task or a challenge that feels slightly unattainable. Just a massive goal, which I have. I've already... On the bike ride, actually, yeah. That's another gain I got from it. I've set, I've decided what that's going to be. I should probably say it to keep myself. Yeah, I've got, I've got I'm to going it,
1: yeah. to. Um... If you, but only if you're ready to. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Um, I've been dwelling on it, and then there's no reason why I shouldn't. Within a year, so by this time next year, I want yeah. to have bought out a book. This time, a proper book about something that is important to me, not so just I, self-publishing. I'm going to stop you
1: right there because this is what we need to do for each other. You just said a proper book. You've put down what you already done no no, no. a book that
0: actually has meaning not just doing a book because I think the success okay. people do a
1: book all right um I'll let you off on that
0: Yeah, yeah thanks then. um this book is a book about what art therapy represents and about sharing your feelings and that you can use creative ways to express and it's about explaining art therapy but in a fun yeah I haven't decided obviously only half an hour yeah, ago is mean, but it's it's a book about how creativity is so important in our lives yeah. and trying to inspire people, maybe kids, maybe it'll be a bit more of a colour, kind of colouring in picture book. Yeah. But, um,
1: yeah. So do you think that's
0: unattainable? I think the the creating the book, super easy. Yeah. I've actually got two books already created yeah. in my studio. It's the getting it into a bookshop. Yeah, it's publishes. the selling it. It's yeah. the, I hate the kind of promotional yeah. sales, computery, work I hate all that. It's finding a publisher, it's getting yeah. someone that to me is the big challenge, okay. so that's exciting because yeah. it's going to be hard. And yeah, if I achieve that, I can look back and go, Oh, shit,
1: I actually did it. Do you also, though, have a mechanism in place that if you don't achieve it by that date, the bottom of the world's not going to fall out because that's the only Yeah, of the because I'm used
0: to self sabotaging, okay? Because right. <laughs> so I used to, I yeah. often do that as a way to yeah. go, pull yourself back down, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. God, oh my god, what's it's exhausting isn't, isn't it? it i'm so um, tired from life <laughs> so what so something we spoke about a, a, a bit um was our school life how do you like you said about spending three months of a year back there mm. three months of the year is that something you like you're ready to do or like have you pinpointed it? Or is it is that like a non-negotiable or do you think do you think if you do that you can live here Three months so here, my okay. theory with
0: that is that I need to be able to finance myself. Yeah. And I don't have enough of a you know, a safety net financially to every year.
1: Yeah.
0: I could probably do it once, yeah. take 3 months out, but I've often in America in um, Africa, various places around the world, I've worked and traveled at the yeah. same time yeah. and it makes sense I can do a month the longest yeah. without working but I did that in July yeah and that was I think over 10 grand and yeah. that's just cost to be there lost income on top yeah. of that I haven't calculated it'd be too yeah. depressing so two two months means that I can get the summer coaching jobs that I used to do yeah. so I've already got in touch with the company they're like yeah we'll have you back so yeah. just run these kind of multi-sports camps for kids during the school yeah. holidays then I've got my weekends free yeah then I can kind of just immerse myself and just kind of like so swim in the on. culture of yeah. what is the UK yeah so probably two months see how it goes and then yeah. maybe the next year three months and I think that's realistic in that it will it's enough give me enough but yeah. also yeah maybe it won't fit and maybe it yeah. won't work I met ages ago this lady who's an author and she was just a friend of one of my relatives in the UK and she does six and six now yeah. obviously Close your ears, I'll see. I've got a cat, so I can't just like dump him. Yeah. That sounds true, yeah. because also if I want a relationship, yeah. it's a huge ask to yeah. expect someone to kind of be okay with me just, just going. Yeah. If they can come with, yeah. fantastic. But yeah, it's it's again not conventional, but then I'm I'm not a conventional kind of I just need it for my soul. I need yeah. to feel I just need to feel like I'm yeah surrounding myself in Englishness
1: I find it as in so I'm going home for Christmas I was always going to go this year if I if we could if we could travel even though I went in July and for me at the minute as well just while I'm trying to wrestle who I am and where I'm going whatever but it's as much as I love living here it's that belonging when I'm there I feel like I belong when I'm back here I feel great and I love it and I live here but I don't it's it's like you say immersing in that culture it's that belonging and I wonder if that's just something I speak to some people here that are are, are British and they would never entertain the thought of going back and blah 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 yeah. and a bit of me is like god I wish that was me I wish I could be in with both I feet I wonder if that's but...
0: more about belonging in who you are as a person because often people say you know home is where the heart is or yeah. where you are in yourself like I have certainly felt homesick in england i I, when i was deeply unhappy and depressed and then wherever i ran away to whichever country i would i would still feel the same because it was me so it it might be one piece of advice i don't know who said this but i try and resonate with and live by is don't make a decision a huge life decision when you know you're in a spot of turbulence or when you're a little unsettled in where your head's at so there's comfort in that in in that because I do feel lost at the moment and I do feel like, oh, what's the point of my life? Yeah. I need some challenge. Everything's a bit too easy and a bit too boring. Then I'm not in a good headspace yeah. to go, right, do um, I want to live yes. in the UK full time?
1: I've, so one of the reasons that we haven't, and we haven't started planning a wedding, well, because we didn't tell anyone until July that we were um, engaged, but also because I've sort of said, I just don't think it's fair. I don't think it's fair to plan this big thing, commitment. You don't need to be married to be committed, obviously. But also you but don't need like, to
0: live. It's society that says you have to live together. I've got, my mum's got family friends and one lives in Brussels. They're a married couple. And after their wedding, he went back to live in Brussels. Oh no, he he's in the UK. She's in Brussels. They have ten-year-old twin daughters. Yeah, and they have always lived in separate countries. And they're happily a family, happily married, and really weirdly conventional for them. It works. Yeah, but and. I I often use that as as a way to go. Well, it doesn't have to fit a box. If it works, it works. And Definitely. why are we trying to mold it into? I mean, I'm, I'm I date same sex people, which in itself is unconventional. Mm. So maybe it kind of frees me up to kind of approach things a bit less.
1: Well, you know. I think as well, our journeys have been similarizing. They've not been linear. Yeah, right. We've got to where we are now, not by doing that. I do this and this, and we've gone. We've gone up here, down there, across, which is really great for podcasts because no one can see me moving my hands. Yeah. But imagine <laughs> me just doing a big um you know, does dance move. Dance, you know, so I think the whole, I, see, I'm not frightened by change or frightened by not doing what everyone else does. It's just more I'm frightened that have I made the right decision? Am I this? Am I, Have I done that? Is that mm. right? And I think a thing for me, which I don't think I have to worry about just yet, although maybe I will, is that reality of my parents are going to get old. I mean, my parents are 70, mid-70s. Yeah. And I've always thought, like, what, what happens when... And my parents are, don't come back. What are you doing? You're an idiot. You're not quite that harsh
0: but then yeah I, but it, you know I have that like with your parents hmm. and with Grant if you if if you approach marriage is for life and you look at five years so I, I've known you five years I've been here 10 yeah huge amount of time but if you need to go back to the UK for five years yeah. 10 years you've still then got another 30 well of life left or we spent, 40 or
1: 50 you know we spent 13 months apart about seeing each other yeah because of basketball yeah it's cool what do you do we chat like i that it, it's not that that bothers me it's, it's not even bothers me it's just it's that am i making the right decision yeah and i think that's why the, the minute... problem
0: is um we will never know if we've made the right decision yeah. until we've made it and then it we've made it so it's the yeah. right decision and then if it doesn't work out there's a lesson so any decision that is deemed the wrong decision actually is just an informative decision and an opportunity to grow and learn and that's I have to keep reminding myself like oh shit if I choose to go here or choose to do this and it doesn't work out great that's the that's what was meant to happen for you to learn the lesson you're meant to learn so
1: I that's how that's how I look at um past uh, a specific past relationship it ended very horribly well it didn't end horribly it just ended and I never knew why and we had a house together, and I didn't get anything, any of my money back out of the house, and blah blah blah. And at the time, I was like, "Oh, why did I do that?" And now I'm like, "Cool, I'm glad that happened because I wouldn't be here, I yeah. be in this situation." Slightly extreme, but I'm not. I'm not always overly concerned with making the wrong decision. It's just, it's just. I think it's the trust and the and the backing myself, which, like, I know I'm not a bad person, and I'm not a horrible person. I know I've got friends, I know people like me, but then I get caught up in that. Oh my god, why does anyone like me? Oh my god, am I doing the right decision? You got here, I am. You're doing okay. So I think that's where, we, like, in it's, general, we've got to
0: give ourselves that. It all boils down when you remove all the layers to self-worth and loving yourself. Yeah. And genuinely loving the person you are just for who you are mm. and believing that you are enough.
1: Are enough and are worthy of whatever yeah. it is you get. I
0: think that's where, I, I wouldn't say all, but so many of life's mental problems is from people not feeling enough. Yeah. So they're trying to validate or they're trying to live this like alter ego or yeah. they're trying to put others down to make themselves feel better or be violent or be whatever. And they're
1: benchmarking it by a set of criteria that they didn't set themselves, that society and set the reality or is or Kardashians have set. The reality you
0: know? is there's no, there is no criteria. Yeah. There's no, there is no pamphlet or guidebook. Yeah. The reality is as long as you leave the world a better place, and spread as much love as you can. Yeah. Well, that's
1: it. Do you... So I'm not going to have children. Mm-hmm. I, I think down the line I might foster. Maybe emergency foster care. Yeah. Um, that's something I, I... So when you talk about purpose... I've never felt more purposeful than when I've been doing things for other people, right? So, fire brigade—I felt like I was helping people. Um, not as an athlete, I wasn't helping people, but I always did little projects to, to be involved with either kids with disabilities. The work I do now, we ha- we do social impact in the community. The last stupid thing I did um, this time last year was um, the Boston Half Ironman. Yep. My friend has leukemia, and I raised twenty grand. It was the best thing. I had a purpose. Yep. So for me, um, you know, we talk about legacy and leaving the world a better place. It's almost like I've got this ticking clock. How can I make place better? You know
0: what I think could be absolutely monumental? And I've thought about this time and time again. And I'm sure there must be charities out there, but I just don't know. Is every single sporting institution owes it to their athletes to prep them for the mental struggle that will come after yeah. they retire. But the thing is, they're no longer a commodity. They no longer can make money out of them. they no longer a value to the club. No. So, sorry, mate, you're on your own. That's your problem. You're a number. But what an incredible charity. So that Ben Cousins doesn't end up like Ben Cousins. Because, yeah. poor thing, you expect him to perform at the height of his like ability yeah with the mindset that he had and then you expect to take all of that away from him he's not going to be a different person he's still going to have that need to achieve need to be exceptional need to like sell yeah and
1: where does he put all that so this is one one of my biggest angers with myself but not but also not with myself because again it's a decision I made when I retired, I was here. I wasn't in the UK. If I'd have been in the UK, I would have had access to so much more through England and GB basketball yeah. in terms of psychology and ending. And it's exactly that because you finish. They say you die twice as an athlete. Yeah. Once when you retire as the athlete because that person dies and yeah, then when yeah, you yeah. die. Yeah. And when I stopped playing, and, and I've always backed myself. So mom and dad were like, you're not going anywhere until you've got an education. So I know I was employable. I knew yeah. I had skills. But I've seen players retire and literally drop off the face of the earth, because they didn't even know how to use a washing machine. Yeah, Because you get your bum wiped for well, you. Well,
0: maybe this is it. I've got goosebumps as you're saying this, because I feel there's an absolute need. There's thousands of people, probably every year, yeah. around the world that end a career whether it's through choice whether it's through an injury whether it's they've just been dropped and or where do they go
1: or don't get the career that they've just worked yes. for four or five years yes called. even worse That's probably even more damaging yeah. thinking you're gonna get this i'm gonna get this and it just doesn't happen and yeah. then you go what do i do today yeah so maybe there's something there. maybe that's our next one i think that
0: well there's a need for it and like a safe space where people yeah. could just vent about I, I was listening to a podcast and we'll finish on this that there was this lady who lost her husband to brain cancer, and then she set up a sort of support group for people who also lost their partners to cancer and then just lost their partners. And it's kind of, I can't remember the name of it, but just spread throughout the world, hundreds of thousands of people, just connect through a common kind of trauma or a common problem. And a problem halved is a a problem shared is a problem halved. So maybe maybe that's it. We'll find time. (laughs) That'll be our
1: purpose. Okay, so... While we're wrapping up, then we need to publicly put it out there that um, in January, yeah, we need to catch up.
0: January, we're yeah. catching up. So I'm heading
1: home for Christmas, but I'm back. I'm back. I'm doing before... a self
0: love retreat in you Bali. Are, yeah, Bali. So aren't you? I'll be all zen and like I'll just throw kind of so I don't know when you're back. I'll rearrange your chakras after let's that. Let's catch up
1: <laughs> and let's um, let's continue this because I think I think there's so many. We haven't even touched on the dyslexia this time. So oh my gosh, even, maybe we need on, to so. do
0: another episode. Glad. Gladly. Maybe just a whole other podcast. And you come to mine
1: uh, and we can have the Sausage Dogs feature in the background.
0: Yeah. So i will do that. And Ozzy's going sad to so see you go. But thank you so, so much. Fascinating. I can't believe an, over an hour is gone but you must dash because you're very busy. All good. Um, um, thanks then. Legend. <laughs> so good.